0: I'm Ayanna Contreras, and you are tuned into Vocalo in Conversation with Chance the Rapper.
1: As we
2: all know, Chicago, large city, third largest market. You've moved, but you came back, and you've been, you, you stay here. Like you're here, putting the work in on the community side, on the activist side, helping, doing what you can to help with the schools, doing what you can to get people to the polls.
0: You had that uh, really nice Juneteenth celebration that yes, Juneteenth barbecue. That was the one. You know, right. brother, that was that was
2: some radical. My brother, my brother was there greatness, too. Greatness. Yeah. Enjoyed it. And I, a lot of when a lot of artists finally get to their bag, they leave. But you, Chance, mm-hmm. you stayed. You're here. Like what keeps you here?
3: I'm be honest. so also it's a big part of it. Is that my uh, my resources are here. Like my family, my grandma, my aunts. All my family lives here, and I got two kids, Um, and all my wife's family lives here, too. Uh, But it is what's familiar to me, and it is what's, you know, it's just what I love. When I travel, like, there's places that I have a good time in. I love L.A., I love New Orleans, I love Atlanta, I love Atlanta. Um, but you gotta say Atlanta. I love Atlanta. That's why I like me too. (laughs) No, it's it's very black city. Um, but I think like when, 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 I, when I go to those places, I get to enjoy them as a visitor. I've only lived one other place and it was Los Angeles and it, it got bad. So I just like, I think I'm meant to live in Chicago. I'm meant to stay here. I want to die in Chicago when I'm much older, obviously. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but, like, I, I I I don't know. It just feels, it feels like where I'm supposed to be. And I also don't knock anybody else from moving because everybody's circumstances are different. There's some people that move for safety. There's some people that move because that is really what their job demands. Like, my job probably does demand it, but I have gotten to a place where I can make most things happen from home. And if I travel, I just go for, like, two days. I'm, like, very much so a Chicago product. Like, I really went to day camp every year. I really went. You know, to school and high school, didn't go to college, like, so I don't have, like, a, you know, like, I've always done traveling as, like, a traveling type thing. Like, I'm either on tour or on vacation, but I've never, like, lived anywhere else, really, other than L.A. And like I said, not going back there, so.
2: You know, you're not the first artist I've heard say L.A. changed them. And I'm not saying, saying. It, 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 positive, it, <laughs> oh, it could be a positive it could be a negative. it could be a lot of different things. I, I, I know as far as they went to L.A., and came back with blonde hair, okay? That's
3: mm. <laughs> what I'm saying. L.A. will blonde you up. Be
1: careful. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's been, I know for me, I recently just moved to Chicago. And it was it was for this job, and it's been such an honor to be here on Vocalo. But, like, listening to you and Ayana, and you reading the excerpt, like, from her book yeah. about your childhood and stuff. Yeah. And you said you were a bad kid. Right. So, did you ever think this would all happen? Because I I googled. I'm not. I'm. I want to ask you if this was true. Someone said that before Obama was Obama and Chance was Chance. You had told President Obama, "I'm. I want to be a rapper," oh, yeah. and he said, "Word." Yeah. Is that really? Yeah. It <laughs> Is was, that real?
3: <laughs> yeah, that happened. I. I. So. Uh, I remember I was like, uh, so my dad used to work for Brock and. When he ran for Congress, which was a long time ago, I was a kid, mm-hmm. he lost. Um, but my dad was his campaign manager. And this was like years and years and years and years ago. I was a little kid. Is this when
1: you were bad? Is this the bad the bad state? You know what?
3: I don't think I was bad. <laughs> I
1: think I was bad. just What's like. Bad? Yeah,
3: who's bad? You know what I mean? He was a kid. I, I, I was, yeah, you know? What it is is like there's like a – we're all human, right? Mm-hmm. And so like when you're a kid, the way that you look at adults is like – They are perfect and like they've never been in your situation. Mm -hmm. And I think for some adults in jobs where they have to work with kids, they give kids the space to be kids until – their humanity kicks in and they have to be like, I'm tired of this, or I gotta yell at you, or I gotta call your parents, or I gotta and I was a kid, they used to just wear on people's patients, I think. <laughs> and and so over time I would just get labeled as bad. And like I said, I went to the I never like got kicked out or had to transfer schools or anything. So like teachers would be dealing with me for like eight four to eight years. So <laughs> I would just get a reputation for being bad and then it just like I forget what it's called, but there's like a scientific term for like you know, one a a, a a means getting to an ends, and that ends brings you to B- a means. B- it's B- like a, I yeah. forget the word for it, but it was just like a cycle of, of of things. And I feel like, you know, if I hadn't had certain people in my life, like certain dean of disciplines, and uh, shout out to Miss Moody or Miss Contreras or Miss, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of teachers that just like that that they would come to me and they'd be like. You know, everybody thinks you bad, but I know you're not bad. You're just bored. Just stop being bored. Just try. You know what, <laughs> I, what I mean? A, you just had a big imagination. Well, here's the I thing. To...
0: Okay, so when Coloring Book came out, it was really, like, fitting because I was like, he's one of those cats who was always coloring outside the lines. Because mm-hmm. the whole purpose of education is to teach you how to color in the in lines the and fit into the program. And he was like, I well, <laughs> I mean, I was the same way where it's like you're asking, why are these lines this Can we do some other lines? Like, what if I add my own lines? Lines. Yeah, You know? And I think that's really what we're getting down to. Like, what is good and what is bad? Like, the well-behaved, what do they say? The well-behaved seldom change the world. Yeah.
1: But also, like, it's also the curriculum. Because I think, I know, like, on all my report cards, it was so funny because me and my parents recently, like, when I was moving, we looked at all my old stuff. It says, talks too much, talks too much. And, like, one of my teachers went to, like, the principal and said, like, your child is HD, like, ADHD. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, no, and they're, like, she talks too much. And, like, they're, like, look at you now.
3: On the they, radio. They pay you to talk. They oh, you to talk. It's, like, you, you never know what someone is capable capable of, especially a child. And, like, you have to, like, recognize, like, a teacher's job is so important because, they can build or break the confidence of a young child. They can create habits or like crutches. Like when you when you just said the thing about talking too much, it just brought back. So I'm like, every year from the third grade till through eighth grade, when I was in grammar school, uh, I would be isolated. There, I would have an incident at the school where I was talking too much, or I got in a fight, or something would happen, and and the teacher would pull my desk from all the other desks and put me like in the back of the class, basically. And I'd be sitting on a little island by myself. And that, it used to like mess with me mentally. You know, the first couple of years, fourth, fifth grade, I'm like, man, both of these teachers were some, (laughs) but you know, now I'm going into junior high. I'm going to have some real (laughs) teachers. No, still the same stuff. But you know what it did? It made me like, as like a real like issue in my life. Like I have trouble with isolation or being alone. Hmm. Like I've, feel like i've done something wrong if i find myself alone for too long or like you know i i i or sometimes like i think that that's the remedy to an issue if i'm if i'm feeling how i felt when i was by myself in those situations i'm like the only thing that would help me is if i get back with my friends or back around certain people and i i'm lucky to be able to be conscious enough to recognize that it comes from a specific thing But it's, like, I'm sure there's so many habits or attitudes that are built out of a teacher's response to a kid misbehaving. I did air quotes for people that are listening (laughs) But, like, you know, that, like, could mess up somebody for the rest of their life. You know what I'm saying? And so I was lucky to be—the one thing that I could say is, like, I knew when I was bad, when I was good. Because there was also a point in time in school where I was known as, like, a brainiac kid. And then I became the kid that was the dancer— then I became Class Clown. Once you become Class Clown, yeah. there's no better title. You're always the funniest. So I, I basically, like, I I remember times when they would be like, you're not graduating. I'd be like, you're right about that? They'd be like, you're not going to make it to the field trip. I'd be like, you right about that? They'd be like, you ain't going to be no rapper. And I'd be like, hold on. There is a chance. I think I got this. I was, Did you, you say yeah, there with is that, a chance? With that, Brock,
1: <laughs> with, with that Brock thing, was that the thing? Like, you always were like, no matter what happens, like I feel like in my soul, like this is gonna happen for me. Like from
3: day one,
1: so there's always that confidence there.
3: Yeah. Well, what I so when I was really little, I used to dance. When I did my I, when I, when I graduated from uh, preschool, there was like a whole section in the program at our graduation that said like Chance the Rapper, you know, dot, 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 dot. On the other side, it said Michael Jackson dance because I did a, a whole Michael Jackson impersonation when I was like four years old by myself on stage with the glasses and the leather jacket, all that. And I, and I, but I was always performing. I used to do, like, I, I remember we went to a family reunion once, and, like, a song came on. We were in, like, a big, like, banquet hall, and I went and got on the stage and started dancing. Like, I always felt most comfortable on stage and performing. So that was never something that I was doubtful of. I was always just like, how can I get more people to hear what I'm making? How can I create a, a base of people that will be attentive to what I have to say.
1: Yeah. And then, was and Brock, sorry, I just want to bring it around for the listeners. I'm sure they're like, we miss the Brock I'll be soon. honest, I but didn't like, know did that we... Brock
3: Obama was important before
0: he became president. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, I mean, look, 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 look. I mean, honestly, I think the rest of the world was that way too. I really yeah. think, I remember when my grandma, you know, Chatham, yeah. you know what I'm saying? She was, right? So she, I remember she was watching the Democratic National Convention and he gave that speech yeah.
3: And yes, we can speech.
0: That's right. And I said, he's going to be president of the United States. She said, no, they'll never elect him. I'm like, oh, just watch.
3: It was like four years after head of state. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it was still a a, a concept for a whole comedic movie to have a mm-hmm. black president. So, like, it was very, like, yeah. kind of like, you know, like, it's, now you look at it in retrospect and it's like, of course, Barack Obama, that's our best president. Blah, 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 blah. We missed before there was a Trump. But, like, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like... There was no way. Yeah. There was no yeah. way. Also, his last name was Obama, was which weird. rhymes with, with Osama. Osama. Right. His middle name was Hussein. Right. Like it was it a lot was... of stuff where people were like, there's no way he's gonna become the president. And like also, I was a kid. So I think like I've seen that, I've actually seen the exact thing that you're that you're referencing online before about what right. well, you know him responding and stuff. I feel like when he said it to me, I was probably I probably had as much of a chance of becoming a famous rapper as he did becoming (laughs) president.
1: (laughs) And y'all both did it. And look
3: (laughs) at us now.
0: (laughs) But you know what? Like that's another thing that really like inspires me. So many people who like really just by sheer will have made something happen. Like, one of my close friends is Theaster Gates. Yeah. Who's done so much for the city. He's done and so much city. for
3: me, too. Shout out Theaster Gates. Yeah, he's a
0: wonderful guy. So, like, <laughs> I remember sitting with him one day, and he said, you know, from the time I was 13 years old, I knew I could do this. And it was something that I couldn't even tell people because sometimes people are programmed to tell a child that they can't do Straight something. Up. And so thinking about that, it's like, I'm so glad that your parents, like, supported you and kept that alive in you like I, I remember we were talking about this I remember when you were at the U media space and you said you're not going to college and you're going to work on the music an announcement yeah exactly and and all, all of us adult mentors we were like you know we're programmed to say no you should go to school you should do these things and but we also knew how talented you were you know so we want to be supportive in any way we could and then the next thing you said was my father said that he'll support me for like a year yeah. to get it off the ground. A summer, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's like the thing. And I'm not saying that your parents supporting you is no, the it only is. thing. But it, it's it's so No, huge. it's
3: huge. That's radical. Yeah. What happened was... Me and my dad used to always butt heads. And when I say butt heads, I mean I used to get a lot of whoopings because I was bad. And I used to do a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> when when what you said you, earlier was I bad, you and you I said no. That was, was in bad. school. No, in school That's different. That's I wasn't different. bad. That's different. Around the time that Iana's talking about, I was eighteen. And they seem like these great parents
1: too that just yeah. are trying to raise a good kid. No, they and... were
3: trying. Neither one of my parents finished college. Both of my parents come from impoverished backgrounds, and they both were what you would consider to be successful black people. Like, they weren't millionaires by any chance, by any states, but they were, you know, they both had good jobs. They were respected in the community. They had a marriage that had lasted longer than 15 years. Like, they were, like, you know, seen as, you know, we still lived on 79th, but seen almost as, like, well-to-do black folks. And so to for for them to be having the only son and, like, all of my friends that graduated, even the, the actual bad ones, to not have gotten into any schools or have any, like, solid plans on what to do um, after the summer it was kind of crazy. Because there was a bunch of crazy stuff happening. I was supposed to—I didn't get to graduate. I was supposed to go to summer school so I could get my um, my online completion. But then I got I got arrested at summer school so I didn't get to finish. So now I'm living at my parents' house but also don't have a job. I also don't have a high school diploma yet. and And I'm saying I want to be a rapper. And my dad told me that I had till the end of that summer to find a job or I needed to go to Harold Washington. And in my mind, I'm like, I ain't going to Harold Washington, so I'm going to half-ass look for jobs. And I did, and I did not find no jobs. And so one day my dad drives me up to, my mom drove me to somewhere that she said she was taking me, and then we look up and we're at Harold Washington, she's like, I'm sorry, your dad told me. <laughs> Get there, my dad's waiting inside, I'm all messed up, and... I end up signing up for classes. I'm so late that I can't even get any gen eds. Like I have a class called reading that's not an English credit. Like I have like all my classes are people that, you know, are trying to make up classes or you know get some classes so they can go to a real college. And I'm there like, not wanting to be there basically. So I went for one day to Harrow Washington, uh, Junior College or Community College, and and never came back again. But I also couldn't go back home because my dad said. Hey, if you come back here, you're either going to do military or or something else. But you actually can't live here. So I started living with a friend for a short period of time. And then one night we went out, and one of my friends got killed Mm -hmm. in front of me. And I hadn't talked to my dad in a couple months, but when that stuff happened, I was just so in shock about it that I called my dad for the first time in a long time. And he came and picked me up from the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I remember I couldn't sleep, and I was still like— You know, it was just a really messed up situation. And all my friends were away at college, so I didn't really have anybody I could talk to about it. And my dad came down to my room that next morning uh, with the laptop that I had left at the house. And he gave me the laptop and he said, I'm going to give, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you um, till next summer. So it was about a year Mm -hmm. till the end of next summer to get this music thing started. And if it's not where I want it to be by that time, then you agree that you'll go to school. And I said, I accept. I'm with that. And my dad, you know, basically campaign managed me in Chicago. He got me. He bought me, a, you know, it was like $700. He bought me these pluggers. And I had to pass out a certain number of pluggers per day. He would give me, you know, I have my backpack and I would go out and i stand out in front of Columbia College with these, you know, postcards promoting this this listening party. I would go to back to the library even though I was 18. I wasn't supposed to be there anymore. <laughs> But Ayanna would let me in. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would, go, I would go all around the city, and I was passing out these pluggers and these burned CDs that you still have a copy of for five days. Oh, that's
2: With his original hair. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I'm writing on I'm burning the
3: CDs one at a time. It's not like this, his man. I'm literally, so, You hands, know what I'm saying? Hands, the computer overheating and stuff. Hands uh, cramping. But, I, but I, I sat there, and I said, I'm not going to school. And I have my dad on my ass basically making asking me how many did you give out today how many people said that they would follow you how many friends did you ask you this because also like you know there's a level of pride too like you don't want to ask everybody to help they tell everybody that you're really seriously doing something and you know within a year's time i finished 10 day dropped it did a listening party at leaders did my first ever sold out show at lincoln hall Sold out Reggie's Rock Club for a save money at Reggie show, which was the first local mm-hmm. hip-hop show to sell out in 30 years. Um, I did a bunch. I did a bunch. Did a wheat paste campaign. We put posters up all around the city. We did a whole lot in that short period of time. And by the, by the April of next year, I got brought on tour with Childish Gambino. And that was when my dad told me that I was good. And I had enough money also at that time probably like 6 or $7,000 saved up by the end of that next summer to the point that my dad was like I um, am you do your thing. Just do your thing. And so
2: Do,
0: you think do, you think do you think your child? thing, child. Do your you you thing, child. And <laughs> here we are. And here we are. I,
2: I got to ask you too, you know, um I have to write this down. No. <laughs> uh if your father didn't fuel your artistic, you know, ways, do you feel like you will be where you are right now?
3: No, not at all. My dad manages me. My dad still works with me. My dad still stays up till 3 a.m. trying to figure out routing for my shows or for, you know, putting out emails and calls or, you know, flying places. And it's, it's one of a kind. I don't know really any artists that have that. I know some people that have What's more likely, what's way more common that I see is momagers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Koyla Ray's mom. She's like well, extremely hard work. And I've seen how they how they move. Or, you know, um, I've seen a lot of situations where a mother can, can in an industry that she might be completely unfamiliar with, become a giant and have their child be respected and represented exactly how they need to be. But you very rarely see it with the dads in in my in my industry at least like maybe more sports fathers sorry May, maybe more sports fathers but like music fathers you don't see it as often and so I could say for sure without my dad you know like it doesn't even just come down to like the music like how I present myself how I carry myself I kind of try and act like my dad when it comes <laughs> to like making sure I say thank you for stuff making sure that I hold the door for people making sure that I remember people making sure that you know also just the stuff that I'm not willing to do also like you know like uh, I I feel like I'm still unsigned because I remember when I was in Sony offices and they locked the door and brought a contract and told me that they were going to give me 250k that day I almost did that stuff and my dad called me and I felt like he had a camera in the room or something he's like what you doing don't sign nothing I was like I'm not signing nothing it's a contract sitting in front of me he's like "All right, well I'll see you when you get back I just waited till they got back and left but I feel like there's so many you know moments that I could think of that like whether it was my dad actually being there or somebody you know doing something that you know brought something out of me that made me act how my dad would or respond how my father would um that I that I know for a fact I wouldn't be even where I'm sitting right at this moment if it wasn't for him being in my life are you ready? Are you ready? I'm
0: Ayanna Contreras, and you are, are tuned you into Vocalo in Conversation with Chance the ready? Rapper.
1: It seems like
3: blessings keep falling in my lap.